His name is Heston Blumenthal. He is one of the world's most inquisitive, creative and successful chefs, with a perspective on cooking and eating unlike anyone on the planet. And now he's taken us on an adventure with him, to the centre of our food, to reveal the amazing hidden universes he's discovered inside our simplest ingredients, and to help us all think a bit differently about what and how we eat. Hello Heston, good to see you. Thank you Jay. Hello Jay. That is an introduction <laughs> that I'm, I'm actually... I'm, was, I'm, just, I'm just pausing to think, how am I going to respond to that? Okay, <laughs> let's change the way we look at food. And today, mm. Jay Taylor... Where are we going? Begins with an O. Begins with an O. Ends Ooh. in an N. Uh. And has a uh. neon sign in the middle of it. Ah, we are going deep inside an onion then. Yeah. The many layers of. Many layers. This is a good one, actually. So I, I, this is this is buoyed me because I, I requested this a couple of weeks from you ago from you because it is an ingredient that I am fascinated with because I know next to nothing about it, even though I probably use it every single day. And you, pro- so you I'm, probably I'm really... have eaten onions in some shape or form so many times more than you actually realise you're eating onions. So even dried... So the classic... You know those... Um, think about hamburger van, the old hamburger caravans where you've got the little thin burgers and they oh. flip, 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 flip. It's dried onion powder. Oh, what? No. My, you know my mouth actually started watering then because I went back to a place thinking of that burger van and the carnival. But what do you mean it's dried onion? They use dried onion. They use dried onion... Uh, to mix with the meat. So dried onion flavour, the amount of times we've eaten dried onion without realising it, is we we would have absolutely no idea. Um, I don't know where to start, actually. I'll I'll let you ask me questions, because otherwise I will start rambling and I'll go all over the show. Okay, so here's a question. So my first question about onions Mm. is... Why are they so widely used in cooking everywhere? And every everything, every cuisine seems to have them in. It seems to be used, like you said, in more places than I could ever imagine. What is it about the onion? Well, one great question. Two, I can I, <laughs> I can give you some um, a, a bit of supposition or some theories. One one theory I have is that onions have um, a lot of sulfur compounds and right. and that is a really crucial part of our of our diet and our existence with life so whether salt when sulfur is too strong rotten eggs we go we don't like it but at low level it's important so sulfur is i think is a, is a, is a, is a critical um mineral for human existence it's a vegetable so every culture everywhere it doesn't matter some cultures don't eat pork some don't eat beef some don't eat meat but you can there's very little things that there's very few things you can't use onions with i mean even if you blanch them enough times and fry them you can even sprinkle them on ice cream i know that might sound a bit shocking <laughs> however any savoury dish will not be messed up by the addition of onion. 
which is why I find it's it's sort of scattered around so liberally. But I've never given pause to watch actually what's going on inside it. Well, when you put onions with meat, a reaction happens. A bit like spare ribs, basically. Sulfur compounds and sugars and other compounds in onions react with meat to boost the meaty flavours. Really? I did not know yeah, that. Is that, is that, it, so is that why you always have onions with burgers and hot, yeah, so many, so many it, meat yes. products? Yes, and, and, and then you've got the simple onion. It depends if it's the outside layer or the inside layer. And obviously it depends on, you know, there's many different onions. So they, I love the fact that something so simple as an onion, I believe, has played such a major role in our evolution as human beings. Have you, have you, you've often had uh, ludicrous long sort of investigative trails with different ingredients over your many years running the top restaurants. Have you had any particularly interesting onion adventures along your way to discover the one? Because I read the other day there's about 900 varieties out there, which has shocked me actually. I had no idea. Yes, I've had many adventures. I don't know where to start. Uh, here's just one small if you block your nostrils so you put a close plug over your nostrils you make a puree of onion and you make a puree of apple you cannot tell the difference it is impossible impossible puree so cook the onion puree it cook the apple or don't puree it so the important thing is that the texture of the pureed onion and the pureed apple are the same that's the key thing then block your nostrils like a swimming, you know, clothes peg or, you know, um, uh, one of those things you put your nose when to block your nostrils of swimming. You will not be able to tell the difference if you can't if you can't see it. That's remarkable. I've never thought of this. So the textures of the two, because you'd think of them as, as sort of uh, very different to look at in terms of texture, and you wouldn't imagine they'd break up the same way. I want to take all credit for my uh, my discoveries and inventions. That one wasn't me. Uh, I don't know where it started, uh, but it all came about, I discovered around about the same time I was looking at the whole thing in the census, but apple, the apple and onion thing. Just demonstrating to people that we make uh, assumptions and decisions on the relationship with the food that we eat without realizing. So when we decide something's disgusting, so here's a good example. I remember in the fact that years ago we had, I made a beetroot jelly, like a, like a fruit pastel, but with beetroot. And in order to set the jelly, you need uh, pectin, which is actually in apples, which is what you use to make jam. But you have to put acid like tartaric or citric. So it could be lemon juice or vinegar or just tartaric acid powder. That's how you make jam. So I made this... Uh, fruit pasta with beetroot so it looked like beetroot but it actually looked like blackcurrant and it was covered in crystallized sugar and I remember I was in the kitchen Nigel was um, who's with me now no not with me now not, my, my restaurant man my restaurant manager uh, put the plate down and this woman was doing a lot of talking and she went she she bit into it and said oh what's this he said it's a beetroot jelly she went oh that's disgusting no no i'm only joking it's blackcurrant and she said with the jelly in her mouth 
Oh, that's really rather nice because I don't like beetroot. So you That's fantastic. Just by saying the words, he changed. Just by telling somebody, if you're going to eat an insect, you know, why do people, there is no, some... It's an onion, yeah. What, there is no food intrinsically disgusting because if it were, it wouldn't be a food. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's our perception of yeah, it. Yeah, you might, you might like it, you might hate it, but it's not intrinsically disgusting, otherwise you wouldn't eat, nobody would eat it. I find it interesting with onions, though, because I find with kids especially, onions, there's something about it, if you can taste it, you haven't got your nose closed, it is a very powerful taste, which I think kids find quite arresting. But then yeah. when you grow up or get older, the smell of cooking onions for me, is one of the most powerful smells you can it, get, right up there alongside some strawberries and cut grass. Uh, yeah, and, and maybe grilled bacon. There's, it's one of yeah. those smells. I don't know why, and I think I, I, I've, got, I've got all sorts of theories which are probably complete and utter nonsense, but one of them is probably these, this interaction with heat and sulphur and what they call the Maillard reaction. It's the most complex reaction in the kitchen. So it was named after... Uh, a French, I think he was a politician, Monsieur Maillard. So the Maillard reaction happens in our bodies. It's happening on your hands right now. Right now. And it's when proteins and carbohydrates and, or energy combine to create new compounds that then go back and react with those proteins and those sugars. And then they keep on going, imagine, so you've got protein plus energy and carbohydrate equals the same protein, energy, carbohydrate, but it also e equals new compounds. But those new compounds then go back and react with the old proteins and carbohydrates. Coffee is the Maya reaction. So it's, it's, a, uh, it's a really, really, it's the most complex thing. So coming back to onions, when you roast meat, it seems to be something that is so inbuilt into our evolution, the Maillard reaction. So on your skin, you're having reactions with the energy from the sun, with your proteins and your carbs and blah, 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 on your skin. It only becomes relevant in cooking when you get over 120 degrees centigrade. So new things form, old things die, if that makes sense. So when you, when you roast something, and this is the same as onions. This reaction, I think, is such... You asked me the question earlier, why? I think it's so complex, and I think it's so entwined into our evolutionary relationship with food. There's something about onions. <laughs> Just remember that, an advert. You remember this? So anyone listening that's under 45 might not remember this advert. It was an advert for chewing gum, I think, and it, they're in a very smart tennis club. And the guy comes off the tennis court and he's got his jumper around his neck and he sits down with his friend and, it, and his friend goes, you're eating raw onions and your, and your girlfriend's coming? Do you remember the advert? And he says, it, I, I love them. that when you said that. I love them. And he's just <laughs> eating a plate of raw onions. But then, <laughs> and then, and then he eats chewing gum. And the girlfriend comes up and he gets up with his jumper around his 
shoulders and they have a big hug. <laughs> and the, uh, whatever the make of the chewing gum is, the idea was that it can get rid of the smell of raw onions. And there's this... That's it though, isn't it? Because it's such a powerful smell. It's, it's so, so powerful. Well, I Like today, I had some tuna for lunch. And I put, had some tuna and raw onion. A little bit. And then... I was getting ready for the for, for our chat and the stench of half an onion. And I've got, I'm in Provence, so there's, I've got a bit of space in my room and there's not much stuff in there. The stench of raw onion was overwhelmingly unpleasant. But I adore the crunch of a raw onion. Onions can play with you. So you have to, you have to deal with them at your own risk. So eyes crying. With chopping onions. Do you know why the one of the main reasons why you cry when you chop an onion? No, I've no idea. Well, it's if your mum's just hit you around the face. No. Um, <laughs> it's not your eyes. It's the sulfurous compounds going up your nostrils. So if you... There, there's three or four techniques. There's, a, there's more, but three or four techniques that will, will, will prevent you from crying when chopping an onion. You can put a peg, like we talked about before, you can put a peg over your nostrils. That's fine, because it's not your eyes, it's right. your nose. There's a theory of putting onions in the freezer, but that's too much work. You can try and chop them under running water, but that just sounds like a flipping <laughs> accident waiting to happen. Um, for me, the simplest way possible, the simplest way is just learn to chop an onion and just chop it quickly. What do you mean? Just chop it quickly. Well, this is very interesting because I used to, my eyes used to water a lot when I chopped onions. And I've noticed as I got older, I, my eyes don't water now. Well, it's, yeah, it's a combination of several things. You're, you've probably become quicker at chopping onions. Maybe all those cigarettes you, I know you don't smoke, but all those cigarettes you smoked, <laughs> your, the, 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 your nasal hairs, you know, when you get I'm older and you go to hairdressers <laughs> and you lose. The embarrassment of saying, while you're, while you're at it, can you do my, can you do my nostril hair my, and the hairs in do my ears? various different holes. So, yeah. so that gets a bit more clogged up. But certainly with experience, yeah, you, it, it, it has less effect. So um, maybe this is... Do you know my mum's solution to it? Do you know what mum used to do? She, <laughs> she, swore by this, she swore by this as well. And maybe there is something in this now you said about the smell. Yeah. She used to get a, a spoon, like a normal dessert spoon, yeah. and she would breathe on it, and then she would, then she would hang it on her nose. Oh, like I used to love doing that. I, I haven't done that for years. But what's that got to do with <laughs> onions? Oh, she... <laughs> she said it's... She, she, so she I, was chopping it and balancing on her nose. Oh my God, that's amazing. That was my party. That was one of my party tricks that would work sometimes. You have to breathe enough on the spoon. The spoon was like a dessert spoon, wasn't it? And then you just yeah. you get it balanced and it would stick on your nose. But I'd never heard of anybody doing that to chop onions. Then pick up a sharp knife and try and chop oh something God, by your fingers. <laughs> so I think what she was doing was somehow helping prevent the sulfurous compounds going up our nostrils so so this is a really simple thing that i think would help a lot of people because most people when they cook will use onions so i'm going to show you i've got here i mean it's not difficult to imagine but there's an onion with a skin on yep now what chefs have always historically done is they've they they flap around with a knife to peel the brown skin off the onion and they do the whole onion Right. Well, 
you can do that if you want onion rings. And I'll come back to onion rings in a second, but there's a much easier way. So see this onion? Yep. You're holding it horizontally, so the knobbly bits are at either end horizontally. Yep. So I've got the root at one side, mm-hmm. and I've got the um, where the sprout would be at the other side. Cut the onion in half. Yeah, so you're going from the top through and you'd go the root. through the root. Yeah, through the root. Then I can you can you can hear this. I, can, I might as well do it so you can we get a bit of sound. Hang on a second. So if I just slice this onion. So I've sliced the onion in half. Yep. Now it's much easier to peel the outer layer off of that onion. Yeah. When it's not whole. So, okay, you can use a knife or your fingers. Just take the outside. Can you hear this? I'm just taking the outside of the skin off. So, do I. So, you know, you're just taking the brown bit off. You know that sort of layer inside, which is always a bit green. Oh, I, I normally take. I normally take. And I, I'm not sure if I'm right or wrong. But the outside layer, which tends to be more greener, mm. I, I tend to take that off. I don't know why, but I just do. And that, that might be an old chefy thing, but so I'm taking that layer off. Now, I've got a beautiful, shiny, almost plastic looking half an onion yeah. with a root on one end and a sprout on the other. So, don't cut the root off because it's the root of all problems. <laughs> <laughs> but if you keep the root on an onion, you chop the onion it won't fall apart. You just then get rid of the root afterwards. So you use the root as the glue that holds the onion together while you're chopping it. That's so slow. Why don't I know? I've never thought of that. Because it always, you spend your whole life trying to hold the whole thing together when you're chopping it because it all sort of falls apart. Ah, and then you cut your fingers. Make sure a blunt knife is more dangerous than a sharp one. Then, also, make sure, and this this is not onion related, this is general kitchen related. When you have your chopping board on the surface and you've got your onion, I've got my half nice shiny onion on my chopping board and I've got my sharp knife, put a wet, either you can use some kitchen paper or something like a J-cloth, wet, damp, because it will stop the board from moving. Underneath it, I've seen your chaps in the kitchen do that loads of times. They put a bit of wet um, kitchen paper, isn't it, underneath it and then the board goes on top. Yeah, so you imagine, when people think, oh yeah, I can't cook. No, no, someone just, you just need to, somebody to tell you, look, do this. Make sure your chopping board doesn't slide on the surface and keep the root on your onion. Then you chop like a pro. Then you can chop like a pro. And don't try and chop like a pro because chances are you'll cut yourself. (laughs) So, and also the other thing, when you're chopping onions, think about what you're using. This applies to every single ingredient. What are you using it for? So I think a lot of people chop onions really finely when they don't need to. Sometimes you might want them to be sliced smaller. Sometimes you just can start with the root on. You can just chuck the onion in your pot of lentils or your stew just and then you can take it out again afterwards. So I think it's a it's a really good way of looking at if we could think about every time you use an ingredient of onion, carrot, leek, what do I want? to do with this what do I want the end result how can I make my life easier and not cut my fingers in the process (laughs) so 
there's a lot of metaphors also with onions that I, I think that, you know, something I'm going through in my life, that you peel the layers off an onion. And I remember, this might sound a little bit abstract, uh, tangential or random, Picasso said, everyone is born an artist. The problem is to remain an artist as you grow up. So as kids, we are before we learn language, children are so creative. But as they learn language, they get told the things that they, they shouldn't do in life. So their creativity gets knocked out of them. And I think eventually, as we get older, it's like we, we never lose the child in us. The big me, the mini me, the Alice in Wonderland talking to herself. As we grow older, we, it is possible to peel off the layers of that onion and look at it in a different way. So it, onions do have, they have, I think, I, there's so many metaphors. And James and I just spoke about this. You were going to play this the, the, the song before, but I didn't realise it was Marvin Gaye. Life is something like a great big onion. I didn't realise it because you don't have that many metaphors for carrots in life. You know, he knows his, <laughs> he knows his <laughs> onions. Life's like a great big <laughs> carrot. Does, doesn't have, doesn't kind of sit the same, does it? Is there a huge amount of moisture in the onions as well? I mean, I'm guessing there's a lot of liquid in there. I would love to give you the answer and to say, Jay, there's 73.7% moisture <laughs> Normally you in do an onion, well. normally in April, but <laughs> I don't know. But I would say that generally it, uh, an onion has the same moisture as a, a similar moisture to a, to a carrot. But then something happens when onions get older and I, I'm talking and thinking at the same time, which is I love about these podcasts. <clears throat> why sometimes so I'm asking you a question I don't know the answer why sometimes you, you get an onion and you feel it you pick it up from the shop and then the outside it feels okay and then you cut through it and there's like a really horrible brown bit in the middle of it yeah where does that come from I don't know that's a good point because it's, it's not a bruise is it you wouldn't imagine onions bruised in that way no I think it's I think it could be something to do with the way that the layers on layers on layers on layers and maybe, maybe that middle layer of the onion had a traumatic experience with its <laughs> onion family when it was about 13 or 15 years old. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I also hear, I love, there's, there are onions called uh, grelo, grelots, G-R-E-L-O-T-S. So imagine a, um, a spring onion with a bulbous base. So it's white. It's like a baby onion with a lovely green stem. They're one of my favorite vegetables. They're fresh. It's like an onion and a chive. They're fragrant. They're sweet. They're amazing. They're called grelotte or sebet. Have you ever seen new season garlic? No. What does that look like? Oh, my God. In the market here in Egalier just for sort of the same time as the lavender comes out you have imagine a garlic bulb yeah which is purple and white violet and it's got a it's got a it's got a um, stem to it and the garlic clove they're not dry you can i mean you can almost eat the garlic cloves raw they're amazing there is an argument to say that we should not eat too much garlic but that's an that's a case of we'll do another podcast on garlic. There's we an argument will. to say garlic has so much healing properties that you shouldn't be eating too much of it because 
too much of a good thing is not good. Those onions are like new season garlic. They're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. But if, if you caramelise an onion, it's so powerful it can dominate a dish. Mm. So for me, I don't like hamburgers with caramelised onions. Really now? Uh, I thought you'd love that. No. No, I don't. It's it's it it, it deburgers the burger for me, but I'm not saying it's better or worse. Another technique, if you you know sometimes onions can be peppery, sulfurously peppery, raw. They're strong. Yeah. If you slice an onion, if you want to, to for your for your burger, put it in a bowl of water, cold water for ten minutes. Don't leave it for half an hour, get too strong. Just put it in some fresh water and then drain it. You reduce th- that um, potency of the onion. It, what, is it this pre-cut or before you've cut it? Yeah, or no, a- slice it, put it in water. But don't leave it in there because that will start stinking if you leave it in there for too long. <laughs> the sulfur compounds are going to go run, you know, they're going to go crazy. But just 10 minutes, 10 minutes and then drain it. So an onion salad with lettuce leaves and tomato... Slice the onions, 10 minutes in water, cut the tomatoes up, a little bit of salt on the tomatoes, take some iceberg lettuce, and then make a simple vinaigrette. And those raw onions, you'll have all the freshness of the raw onion, but you'll minimise the powerful pungency, sulphurous, peppery pungency of the onion. Well, we, we, unfortunately, have... I've run run out out of time. Again. We, yes... And we've taken a deep dive into your many layers for a man who does know his onions. From now on, I will be looking at them differently. Yeah, but the, but maybe that's also part of the great thing of, the on, of, of an onion. You can chuck them in, and they are going to be okay. But if you but want to think, yeah, but, if, but there are also so many ways you can use them. There's, yes, and there's so much more to discover. So you've asked me several questions. I'm now, I'm not, don't think I'll, I don't think I'll sleep too well tonight. I've got some research to do. And plus, I'm going to go straight listen to um, the world is a great big onion. <laughs> layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. That's Wonderful. our life. Thank you, Heston, as ever, for another journey inside an ingredient. All that's left to do is to say goodbye, Heston. Goodbye, Heston. And goodbye, Jay. And goodbye, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>